Welcome to Mandatory Reshoots. We're the movie and TV and trivia podcast. Today I'm joined by Eric Sweeney from Chicago. How are you today, Eric? I am well. How are you? I'm doing great. great. Uh, Today on this episode, we're talking Falcon and Winter Soldier episodes five and six. So the penultimate and ultimate episodes of Disney Plus's new show uh, about Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes. So let's get to it. We did our episode one through four podcast. So our initial thoughts were known and we're sort of, I think we were both dependent on how episode five and six turned out for us uh, in terms of liking this show or not, or, or, or whether or not it hit that greatness level or stayed on that good plateau that it was sort of destined to be on. So Eric, after seeing five and six, seeing all that it has to offer, what are your thoughts? I think overall I have the same feelings I did after the first four, where it's like, I'm enjoying it, but I wish it was better. You know, I'm a, maybe just I'm a little let down because of how highly I rate the Captain America movies, but um, I will say that I was, it was trending in the right direction after episode five, because I think that was the best episode of the entire show. Agreed. Um, and I kind of thought that was kind of what we were getting for most of the show, with obviously some action throughout, but that one was the biggest character-driven one, and it really was the best one, so... After episode five, I was looking forward to six, the last episode. I think it's pretty good, the finale, but there are some moments where it just kind of like, eh, really? I don't know, but okay. I think one of the things, we'll get into all the like random plot stuff, but I think the two areas that were like weak or underwritten were just the Flag Smashers as a whole and Sharon Carter, Agent yeah, Carter. Yeah, I was like, 100% <laughs> the bot storyline of this show is Sharon Carter. It was mystifying i was like what are you talking about like it's not that you can't take that character and put her on that trajectory but none of that was earned it was like baffling it was like yeah yeah i'm just like wait hold on so peggy carter's niece is now a double agent who is just about power and money i guess and Uh, an arms dealer i guess and an arms dealer Yeah. yeah i mean unless there's some double agent thing where she's actually working for sam jackson or you know i don't know something like that but it just it just seemed out of place like it just seemed like there was shoehorned in and maybe setting up something for later but they they they, you know after civil war she hasn't been in anything so i was like oh that's cool they're bringing her back but then they really didn't do much with her she was just kind of there and she melted some dude's face off with with some sort of gas and she uh, did. that was glossed over we're like what happened yeah i forget what she said it was like mercury gas and falcon was just like oh okay that's probably just like a little disability and the guy passed out okay cool he doesn't know doesn't know what <laughs> she melted a guy's face off like yeah so like those two are the weak parts like flag smashers is an interesting idea it's just there wasn't a ton there and i think i think they could have done a little more with that because i like the actor who played carly and i like the idea of it but it just didn't feel that strong to me but like overall i enjoyed it i wonder i was wondering if like i have a friend who's gonna watch it and just binge through it and i'm like i wonder if that'd be better binge binging it than a week to week but it just every episode is so i don't think it would change the experience much yeah i think it might be worse to binge it because like <laughs> you, you start you start the first episode and it's the falcon fighting and then at the end of like two episodes later they've like less than two episodes later they've broken out zemo and it just it's very fast paced and like not all earned so i wonder if binging it was just kind of be like a i don't know just just too much into a little time 
speed that uh, it would make it worse in terms of expediting what already felt expedited. Yes, yes, yeah, that's that's what I guess I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see if you liked it. Or not. What's your what are your thoughts? Mirror image of what you said, yeah. like to a T. I, I think one thing we might be overlooking is that while we're disappointed, a good Marvel series is still very good by other standards. So whereas we were disappointed by this, it it wasn't bad by any means. It just yeah. kind of had a Jeremy bear me narrative trajectory <laughs> where it was like, where are we going? And yeah, the, the thing I wanted to talk most about was how much I liked episode five because it slowed down and circled back to things that I thought were being abandoned. Like the storyline with Isaiah, the, the black super soldier yep. circling back to that was great. I think that was one of the biggest strengths of the show was Anthony Mackie is, is a great lead. I look forward to him being in, better material moving forward which it sounds like he will be so it, it's not him or sebastian stan they're both great together yeah uh, but episode five was the best of them together where it was just it was literally them fixing a boat and just bantering and it's like i don't think they realize that that's the type of thing we want like certainly action sequences are nice and you need them in a show like this but they barraged us with them for four episodes and we were just, it felt like a barrage, like a, a little bit of whiplash. And then when we got to episode five and it slowed down, I think it was great. Like all that stuff in new Orleans where they're fixing the boat. If that had been the bulk of the show, I would have been fine with it. And then, yeah, as you said, the flag smashers, I really like conceptually. And I do like Aaron Kellyman, the actress who played Carly, but yeah, the, it was just so nebulous in terms of what they were trying to do and whether or not the grc was bad or just ill-intentioned it, it was confusing as to if they were outright villains until the end where they sort of had that talk and they were just sort of out of touch politicians and sharon carter's storyline as we mentioned was i feel like a complete disaster yeah and nothing about that character from the captain america movies would lead me to believe that if she felt abandoned she would turn into an evil arms dealer she would turn her back on shield in the government but i assume she would go off somewhere and and you know maybe be like a humanitarian in yeah, vigilante in some city yeah, yeah nothing nothing you gave me in captain america led me to believe that character would get there without some really extreme circumstances which the blip necessitates but we i don't think we felt that weight with her character so i don't know good but never great episode five had some greatness moments and i liked some of the things in the finale with sam and isaiah again that was the strongest relationship other than bucky and sam and then i do like some of bucky's sidebars with therapy and, and sort of yeah trying to find that spot yeah yeah i think i would like I, I wouldn't rate it pretty highly as a marvel movie if it was a movie you know yeah like it would be in the lower third maybe but yeah, I think it's still better than a lot of random stuff on TV. And it, this is the kind of thing you don't really see on TV either, just the amount of action. And but yeah, the the whole stuff with um, Carl Lumley's character, like that, that was a nice way to end it. I, th I thought that that landed pretty well. What did you think of the uh, televised Falcon speech? Yeah, I, I felt like maybe that was a little bit blunt. It, it wasn't very subtle about its thoughts and it, it was a little neatly tied up but i don't mind that that sort of marvelism if you'd call it that where you you get a little bit of proselytizing and soapboxing yeah i, I don't have a problem with that i could see how people who are of more discriminating tastes might scrutinize that speech uh yeah. but i was like no this is 
I, I, I like the intention of it, even if it might need uh, some, some examining. I, I was fine with it. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was, you know, a little corny, maybe a little too, yeah, neatly tying up things. Um, the whole, like, I'm going to give this impassioned speech and change all these people's mind that, that, you know, you could help sway public opinion a little bit, but I still think Anthony Mackie was really good at it and it yeah. kind of fits in with his character too. Um, so I was fine with it. It was a little, little hokey uh, overall. I thought, I thought it was still good. What did you think of, I forget his, the character's name, Wyatt Russell's. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I liked where he ended up once the show ended. He was U.S. agent, which is the character he was always intended to be, this sort of knockoff Captain America. I always liked Wyatt Russell playing that character, even if he was hateable. As this, as we talked about earlier, I think people who are sending him death threats didn't understand that he was never intended to be a replacement Captain America in, in the scheme of things. Like That character is a critique of of a replacement Captain America. So yeah. I, I don't know why people didn't realize that we were watching someone who was supposed to be a critique or like a lesser man and that he wasn't like, it wasn't like Captain America had been recast. It was like, this is a different character that's commentary on other people mm-hmm. trying to fill those shoes and and worked well with, with Sam's storyline of feeling like an imposter versus being a better man than, than Wyatt Russell's character. Yeah. What, what about you? What I don't know. It's, it was, you know, I feel it's kind of hard to bring him back after he just murdered dude with his shield <laughs> um, and blood everywhere and caught on live TV. Um, yeah. He, live streaming. And um, I, mean, I do like Wild Russell a lot. I'd be interested to see where that goes with Julia Louise Dreyfus and all that. Um, I don't know if that's going to be in a movie or, or what. I think there was a rumor that Julia Louise Dreyfus was supposed to be in Black Widow. Oh, okay. I don't know how. Like maybe because it takes place, it's earlier. But I guess it's pretty easy. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. I think they were going to debut debut her there, but I don't know if that's going to change now because of this. Oh yeah. Um, In terms of you can't have White Russell's characters incorporated into a prequel, even if you introduce her. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting where they go with that. Um, and I don't really know much about the U.S. agent uh, character that he's going to be doing, but. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Um, it just, it just like a lot of things just seemed kind of rushed. Too uh, many, too many things in the pot for this show. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on, and he was just one of those many things. Um, I thought he was good, though. Yeah, I guess that that's kind of the finale. <laughs> what else was there? Anything else in the finale that we we missed? I mean, we, I mean, I like at the end how it's like Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Like that was that was kind of cool where they changed his name. The Falcon with Captain America. Oh yeah, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, uh, for sure. And but it's a little yeah, weird because there was already a movie called Captain America: Colon the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now they've got a yeah. Who knows? And then the announcement that there'll be a Captain America four now with Anthony yeah. as Captain America's cool. So that that's kind of what I'm hoping is that this was just kind of a extended uh, prologue towards his. A better fourth movie, maybe. Hopefully, the Russo brothers will be involved somehow. Yeah, they said that the showrunner for this will be involved. Oh uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, give you just do one story, one movie, you might be better than having to juggle a bunch of things over a bunch of episodes. I don't know. Um, oh. But yeah, it all depends on the director too, because I think the 
they, were, they weren't talking about the director they're talking about the showrunner so oh, okay. um, more yeah. of like a, on the writing end of things yeah um, yeah yeah if you get the right uh director i think and they could focus things a little more i'd be be up for it and i'd certainly love to see um bucky back with sam as a pairing they're a good pairing even if it wasn't utilized as well as it could have been uh, other than like the fifth episode when we've seen them together in movies they've been great so yeah focus that pairing a little bit more it'd be a fun duo for sure our, uh, our favorite part of the fifth episode, maybe the whole series, was when <laughs> when he's helping out with the boat. It's like, why didn't you use your mechanical arms? Like, I'm right-handed sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All, all that stuff was great. The banter. Uh, Hitting on the, his sister. The, yeah, the yeah. sister. All that stuff was, yeah. It's like, why wasn't this the bulk of the show? We don't need explosions every, every like, five minutes. I, my hope is that people's reaction, the positive reaction to WandaVision would tell you that you don't need action 24-7. Like a yeah. mystery box, yeah. a, a character-driven mystery box is more compelling than nonstop explosions. Although if you mix it well, like the Captain America movies, I, I think that's a perfect mix of action and some some character building. So certainly we do want to see those set pieces, but you also need to let the characters breathe. Otherwise you get just kind of like a barrage of yeah set pieces exactly yeah and then you don't really care about those set pieces as much because you don't know that much care much that much about the characters yeah and then um, you have when you have five villains in a five potential villains in a show and some of them are outright villains some of them you're not sure the, the show had too many villains like I, including I, zemo's butler zemo's <laughs> butler who i still just think of as archer's butler if you've ever watched archer oh uh, yeah 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 the uh, old the old man that he verbally abuses from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I think of is that just it's Archer's Butler. Yep. Yeah, Zemo, it, Zemo, Sharon Carter, Carly, Wyatt Russell's character. Um, I'm sure I'm missing the Batrock. Uh, but yeah, that, yeah. It's just too many, too many things going on, and Sharon Carter's most of them didn't work well. Zemo was fun, but he felt like kind of a aborted storyline at, at some yeah, point. Yeah, just like, oh, he went away, and and what was up with his mask? Why was he wearing that purple mask? Like, yeah. it, it just, there was a, just something, like, a lot of ideas there, but not, not a ton of substance. Yeah, um, maybe meld Sharon Carter and Zemo's storyline into a singular villain, and you get something a little bit more compelling. Yeah, uh, or just a, a, yeah. I don't want Sharon Carter to be gone from the show. She's need better material. It just was disappointing. Yeah. What did you think of uh, the new Captain America costume? Oh, the one that he flew in on from Wakanda? It's very comic book inspired, but it still, it still works. I mean, it looks a little goofy, but it's got like, it kind of like is like a head thing, but then it, it goes like this around yeah. his ears and it that was kind of weird so it's not like he's not wearing goggles as much as it's like part of the entire suit yeah i don't even know how like you get that on cowl it's like a batman cowl plus yeah i don't know um it looks very comic book inspired whereas Wyatt russell's end end game u.s agent uniform looked pretty cool in terms of a like a evil looking costume that that seemed more tv movie ready than than uh sam wilson's sort of comic booky uh costume but I, I still liked it i mean it's cool to see him in the uniform i'll 
overlooked the fact that it is a little bit on the goofy side. Yeah. I did like the reveal of it. And I also like the, 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 the kind of the intricate smart stuff that they did with the shield and, and him flying and Falcon with the shield and like the mm. things he could do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that helicopter thing too, where he kind of gotten, um, use the, uh, red wing to, to help him. Um, but that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It felt a little mission impossible esque and it was, it was nice. That's, that's good stuff. There, there were certainly some set pieces that were great and worked, but if, if two out of 17 are memorable, it's probably not a great ratio. You know, I'm not saying there was only two, but if only a a handful are memorable, maybe cut down on, on the set pieces. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It, um, it's good. It certainly pales, I think, compared to WandaVision, even though, as we said, WandaVision's beginning and end kind of had their ho-hum moments. The The middle of WandaVision was so great that it still is a superior show. Yeah. Um, there's, so and, much, there's so much more better like character stuff in that, I think. Yeah. Um, and more interesting stuff, like stuff we just haven't seen before. So, yeah. Um, I think there's no way that Loki gives us the same sort of flatten plateau like it's just loki's gonna be either i I feel like loki's gonna be up and down or up in the sense that it's so weird looking that i don't think it could be as safe as falcon and winter soldier essentially was yeah yeah i think it's it's not going to be just like an action movie it's going to be just some weird stuff that maybe some of it doesn't stick but at least they're trying something different kind of thing yeah um but yeah we got we got like a five or six weeks until that comes out so there's yeah, like a, thought, a lull i thought it was coming out in may but they, they moved yeah. it to june i don't know if that was if that was changed for for any reason but is there anything else coming out on disney plus what about that star wars animated I series think, yeah i think the bad batch i think comes out um comes out like in may sometime oh, so okay, maybe that's so... maybe that's what they're kind of giving that some some of its own time uh, totally random, but uh, have you watched uh, Invincible on Amazon Prime? No, I certainly heard a lot about the J.K. Simmons, Steve Yoon um, animated superhero series by Kirkman from Walking Dead. Yeah. I hear um, it's boys-esque. It is. It is. Uh, I think I might like it a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I like it better. It's, it is is it is in that same thing in that it's you know r-rated and superheroes that maybe aren't good yeah um, i don't i don't think it's to the level of of all the superheroes are bad like uh um like the boys is but uh but yeah i, I i'm really enjoying it um i'm through seven i'm finishing the seventh episode and i think there's maybe one more that comes out next week okay but, nice. uh, but it's an awesome voice cast like it's a ton of walking dead uh people uh, but then like jk simmons um Maharasha Lee's in it. Uh, just, just a lot of. Oh, uh, Walt Walton Goggins plays like uh-huh. the head of Shield, kind of. Uh, uh, nice. Yeah. Good so. old boy Crowder heading mm-hmm. up Shield now. But he's mm-hmm. got a few. Yeah, I, I forget he's like semi laced into the MCU too as as his villain for Ant Man, who yeah. I hope we'll see again. I'd love to see Walton Goggins. Why not? Yeah, maybe they'll have him in the next anime movie, just like as a random, like a scarecrow appearance. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shove, shove Walton Goggins in as much as you can. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to check out the Invincibles. Certainly, I, I've heard good things, but have, have not uh, 
extremely brutal like uh like the you see like superheroes die horrible deaths uh, mm. so that's why it's animated i think well, the boys did the same thing too I guess. yeah remember dennis or jack quaid's girlfriend explodes in front of him in the beginning of the boys yeah like right, right sets, the beginning. sets the tone for that show yeah definitely for sure yeah um, so i don't know what to yeah. say feels more like not filler but maybe like an extended prologue towards Captain America four, which is fine. I'll take that over nothing, but yeah. it's not, it's certainly not the most compelling thing they've ever put on screen. No, definitely not. But yeah, it, it was enjoyable, but a little disappointing. Wish there was a little more there. I wonder like how, how much we'll forget happened in this, like, you know, in a year or two, you know, probably um, a lot. Yeah. Cause a lot happened and, and we're like, yeah, where, what happened to Zemo? Where is he now? Oh, yeah, he's back in prison again. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. I hear yeah. they're stacking the Secret Invasion cast, though, as this was wrapping up. So. Yeah, I don't really, you know, it sounds like that's a huge, like, storyline in the comics um, and, like, like Thanos-level type stuff. But mm-hmm. um, but I think it's like a show. It's going to be a, a show and not a movie. And if that's what I, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like maybe next year... A next a 2022 Disney Plus show, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, it'll be, but that. Who was the big cast announcement? Um, um Olivia Coleman and Olivia Coleman. Oh yeah, Amelia Clark. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah li- getting Olivia Coleman's huge. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, that'd be awesome to see Olivia Coleman in the MCU. Amelia yeah. Clark, I. I I want to believe has more range than Game of Thrones, but everything else I've seen her in is like, hmm, like, I don't know. So hopefully she'll have another role to really kind of sh- flex her muscles in, in terms of her acting chops. And as long as she doesn't like just light an t- entire town on fire, um, it's got to be <laughs> Still better. Still than- bitter. Yep. Season hashtag, was it was that season eight or six? Eight. Hashtag season eight redo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are trying to get that redone. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as ending goes, Falcon Winter Soldier didn't have that type of, it wasn't that bad. Right, right. It, it I, could be worse. Has has a show had an ending that bad that has essentially made the rest of the show almost not irrelevant, but it certainly has diminished the cultural impact Game of Thrones had yeah to, a, to sure. a, an extreme extent where yeah where it's like breaking bad i think kind of helped ascend that into the oh, upper yeah. echelon whereas game of thrones is up there and now it's like you know people they probably don't want to rewatch it because they know like where it ends like i i gotta wait till brand becomes king like this is dumb i'm not gonna yeah you know, like, like i don't yeah. I don't. i don't know it's a great show ever had that much of a a dive like i mean dexter dexter's yeah. finale is commonly uh, cited. How, I met your, how i met your mother i think oh, people, people really hated the ending there yeah um I, you know people always say like battlestar or lost but those were like more divided than truly hated lost lost was kind of just a wave and then i don't the finale is not bad it just obviously those last seasons have some ups and downs and then the finale is just kind of very sort of spiritual and doesn't answer a lot and that's not bad you just can't answer all those questions at a certain point and yeah. i think people don't like 
maybe there was semi-open-ended, but that's not a. But I don't think anyone like hated like hated it. It's like you know, they didn't like it. But Game of Thrones was just so universally hated. Like I I don't know anyone yeah. that is that defends it. Like I defend Lost, and I know people that defend Lost. But but and even Battlestar. Like I, I have problems with Battlestar's ending. I can definitely see why people would like that. Whereas like Game of Thrones, I don't know anyone that's like, well, hold on, I think it's actually pretty good. <laughs> and here's Hear why. Me out. Yeah, it's but I mean, great. there's still some. I, I do kind of want to rewatch it because um, some of the highs were just so so damn good in that show. Even it, even like in season six and seven, where it starts to kind of show that it's a little wobbly, uh, there's mm. still some great stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it, it would be fun to rewatch it if you forgot about what's coming. Uh, yeah, because you're right. There there have only been a handful of shows that have hit that have entered the cultural lexicon so like ubiquitously in terms of like lost breaking bad game of thrones are like everyone's talking about the next day at work and it's like it's it's just so looked up to and and anticipated that there are only a handful of shows that can really get that and we've like many shows but you know show like justified was never water cooler talk even though that's a big show for us so uh, there's just so few shows that I think have hit that really great water cooler talk plateau and, and Game of Thrones was one of them, but then it took a, a steep, steep dive out the door, which is weird. Cause I'd read before David Benioff took over and was a showrunner game. So I'd read his books way yeah. before he did that. And I, I thought he was a good writer and I don't even mean to use it in the past tense. He was a good writer and his books were were very good, and some of them were adapted to movies, like the Twenty Fifth Hour, I believe, was his. Mm. And he wrote another book about two soldiers in Russia that I really like, called City of Thieves or something. City of Thieves, yeah, yeah. But clearly, something I, like I don't think Benioff is is like a fraud. So I don't know what exactly happened, but they clearly weren't up to task of of steering the ship once they lost the uh the, the hand or the uh the guidebook or whatever you want to call it the... yeah yeah who knows yeah i think just they're trying to rush it and, and whatever we can do a whole podcast about that yeah all right so yeah. falcon winter soldier good but not great watch it if you got it uh and you got time everyone's got time right now yeah it's fun watch it um just don't expect, you know, something crazy good. It's just pretty good. Yeah. R.I.P. Sharon Carter's storyline. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're like, ah, oh, we can't really fit her character in anything. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, we got the show. Let's just do this. And um, yeah, she's bad now. Um, no, I mean, it makes sense for her to be in the show. Like in the trailer when she's there, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's good. That'll be cool. She'll be part of the like it'll be a trio. And then it. It just isn't. It's it, like it's a baffling use of her. And I think if you re-examined her her appearances, they wouldn't. They would make even less sense in terms of her always being the power broker. I, I mean, at some point, I saw that coming, and I was like, "This is just dumb." Like, I don't. I'm not surprised by it. it, it it's it's not even like a twist. It's like this is just confusing. Like you you can't shock people without doing the work in the sense that like you could have the you know twists that you think are mind-blowing but if they're if they don't do the work then they don't work really yep um all right 
do is that all we have to say about it? that's all there is to say no no there's nothing else to say yeah we look forward to loki yeah and... looking forward to loki yeah, that, that'll be fun to review. It, it looks very good. I don't know who's in it other than Loki, Owen Wilson, Gugu and Bacha Raw. I, I saw in there who uh, we have seen many times in Sci-Fi Fair from from our our beloved uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Even though she's very, she was the best part of the Cloverfield yeah. Paradox. She's very good. So I, I look forward to seeing there. And I think Richard E. Grant is in it. Oh, okay, sounds good. Yeah. yeah, but otherwise, yeah, there's not a ton of characters named here. All right, well, we look forward to. It. All right, yep. you want to do a, a Marvel themed trivia route? It's it's still Captain Falcon, Winter Soldier, <laughs> Captain America, Captain Falcon, Captain Falcon, Winter Falcon, uh, Captain Soldier. Yeah, it's still themed. So, okay. are you ready to uh, take yeah. on another challenge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question one is the Sebastian Stan challenge. Name two non MCU movies Sebastian Stan has appeared in. Pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> or is it? Yeah, or is it The Martian? Okay, um, nice. I always forget he's in The Martian. I need one more. Hmm. 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 I, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. That's uh, why I kept it to two. Whereas Anthony Mackie asked for five, I think. Sebastian Stan. Yeah, I didn't really know who he was when he was the Winter Soldier, Bucky. Mm. Um, I think he was on like Once Upon a Time TV yeah, show. I watched, yeah, I watched that show. The Lost Riders did. A few of the Lost Riders did it. He played yeah. the he played the Mad Hatter. I I can't think of what else he's been in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't accept the TV show. I need a, a movie. Yeah. To... We'll come. I'll come back to it. I'll keep thinking about. Okay. Sounds good. All right, question two. This Falcon and Winter Soldier star has received 14 Emmy nominations in her career, making her the most nominated comedic actress in Emmy history. Name this actress. Oh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. All right, nice. All right, question three. Carl Lumbly, who portrayed aged super soldier Isaiah Bradley in the show, is no stranger to comic book roles, having done voice work for many major comic roles, including Martian Manhunter, uh, Sian, who is Black Panther's uncle in an animated series, and portraying the live-action hero Dr. Miles Hawkins in the short-lived 90s same Raimi superhero show Mantis, for those who remember <laughs> Mantis from the 90s. Nope. Uh, but in 2019, he stepped in to play another iconic role, this time in a long-awaited horror sequel, a role originally portrayed by Scatman Crothers in 1980, named this horror sequel. Um, Dr. Sleep. Okay. I was, figured you would know that. Yeah. I forgot that he played uh, Dick Dick Halloran. The uh, Catman Crothers has been dead for thirty years. Yeah, yeah, he did a good job in that too. He did. He was very good. All right, uh, question four: Name five MCU villains and the actors that portrayed them. And if I could, I would ask not to use uh, this TV show. So, so name any villains in the MCU that weren't in the show and the characters that portrayed them? Yeah, so if you could just, yeah, not use Falcon and Winter Soldier, the TV show. Uh, okay. Uh, Thanos by Josh Brolin. Okay. Loki by Tom Hiddleston. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> I, just, I have to think of movies. Uh, Lee Pace as... I don't think you need their names. He's Ronan the Destroyer. Ronan, Ronan the Destroyer. 
Um, Kurt Russell is Ego, the Living Planet. Oh, nice, yeah. And let's let's see, let's go with uh, Robert Redford as mm. as director the, something. Director something, yeah. Um, like that one, I can't think of his name though. Uh, otherwise, I'll go with um, instead of that, I can go with uh, Red Skull, portrayed by. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, is it Hugh? It's not Hugh, is it? It sounds like that. It's almost that. Oh my god. Guy was in <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I can't MTV. tell you his name. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go. Instead of that, I'll go with Jeff Bridges playing Obadiah Stane. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, What's his right. name? Hugo Weaving? Hugo Weaving. Yeah, I had the I first like, syllable. You, you were very close, yes. All right. Speaking of MCU villains, while studying at Juilliard, Anthony Mackie roomed with this eventual MCU villain who would also appear in the Tolkienverse as a semi-villain. Name this actor. In the Tolkienverse as a semi-villain. Oh, no. Not Andy Serkis. <laughs> uh, that can't be right. Oh, I, I guess I didn't even think about that. it. No, it's no, not no. Andy Serkis, yeah. but I, I didn't think there'd be too much overlap in that regard. But it is not Andy Serkis. Okay, so someone who played MCU villain and a semi-villain and um... Anthony Mackie did not room with Anthony Circus at Juilliard. I think they're a little little different age-wise. I'm trying to think of the semi-villains. Because um, not Christopher Lee. <laughs> didn't room with no. Christopher Lee at Juilliard, did he? <laughs> uh, He's so like, hello, of... <laughs> I am Christopher Lee, your roommate. It could be Lee Pace, because he's in... Uh... The Hobbit. I think that's a good guess. Is it Lee Pace? Wow. It is Lee Pace, yes. I was like, you've already named this person in the last question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. He's not really a villain, in an outright villain in the Tolkien verse. He's like a semi-villain. I don't He's really know. Yeah. Yeah, that, that works. Asshole. <laughs> All right. Uh, here, question six. Name two non-comic book movies in which Daniel Bruhl has appeared with a fellow MCU or extended Marvel Universe actor. So that includes the X-Men movies. Um, okay. So I'm just name the movies and the actors that connect them to the Marvel Extended Universe. Um, Inglourious Bastards um, with uh, Michael Fassbender. Is in yeah, that, that works. Um, so need one more. Oh, um, Rush with... Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Cool. That sounds good. Uh, question seven. In 2022, Falcon and Winter Soldier star Aaron Kellyman, who played uh, Carly, will appear in this Disney Plus show, an adaptation of this cult 1988 fantasy movie originally directed by Ron Howard and co-written by George Lucas and, as I recall, an all-time favorite of our friend Scott Burrow. Willow. Uh, nice. Uh, question eight: Clay Bennett, who portrayed Lamar Hoskins, aka Battlestar, in the show, previously starred in this 2016 live-action Amazon reboot of a comedic superhero property, playing the role of Sage, a superhero who wields the power of the Ancients. Name this show whose titular blue superhero previously appeared in Too Too Easy in a 1994 yeah. animated adaptation and a 2001 live-action version. The Tick. Nice. Okay, uh, question nine. Lieutenant Joaquin Torres, played by Danny Ramirez on the show, at one point took up the mantle of what 
Marvel character in the comics? And this is multiple choice. A, Falcon, B, Green Lantern, C, Crossbones, or D, Beta Ray Bill? <laughs> I'm not sure that last one's real. Um, well, the obvious answer is Falcon. Nice. But I will go with Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're you're sussing out. Well, you are correct. Beta yeah. Ray Bill is a real character. He He's a weird animal that took over the Thor mantle and some of the Thor storylines. So he's okay. a semi-Thor. And hmm. the original wielder of Stormbreaker, I'm told. Hmm. Um, all right, 10. Retired French-Canadian MMA fighter uh, George St. Pierre, who plays the villainous Batrock, is widely considered one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. With a career record of 26-2-0, what two weight classes did he win titles in? This is multiple choice. A, heavyweight and super heavyweight. B, welterweight and middleweight. C, bantamweight and featherweight, or D, extreme and very extreme. I was going to go with middleweight and heavyweight, but uh, that wasn't an option. I'll go with the one that, I think B, that is featherweight and mediumweight. Welterweight and middleweight is B? Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. Um, and your last question, question 11. Falcon Winter Soldier villain Carly Morgenthau is a female reimagining of comic book character Carl Morgenthau, a son of a Swiss banker who took up the mantle Flag Smasher to violently pursue his goal of world peace. <laughs> funny. It reminds me of John Cena's character in the Suicide Squad trailer, who, if you've if you watched the new Suicide Squad trailer, James, yeah, yeah. And, and he is like, He's got the same thing where he's like, I'm all about peace and I'll kill anyone who gets in my way. And they're like, what? So I think that's kind of a funny concept. Um, either way, in a, in a comic storyline, he was killed by Captain America after Carl was kidnapped by this evil corporation and turned into a mindless assassin. Name this corporation. And your hint is this evil corporation recently appeared as the main adversary in the Miles Morales Spider-Man game. Oh, um... Uh, what is it? Re 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 mm. Rexagon or something like that? Uh, <laughs> Close. Rexon. Rexon. Yeah. Roxon. Roxon. There, there, there we go. All right. Cool. All right. That rounds out your trivia round. Let's see. Uh, yeah. I couldn't think of another Sebastian Stan one. That's, um, is that going to be the only, huh? is that the only um, one you're going to miss? It might be. Uh, the Sebastian uh, Stan challenge. Maybe this George St. Pierre one I said for that one you 10. got that one right though oh, okay so it looks like uh, you're gonna get i think you're gonna have a perfect score if not for this first question yeah. what else was he in it's tough i i i don't know i don't know what to tell you is there yeah. an obvious one uh yeah there's like one that's like for sure. Well, I don't know. It it is he he does have that Dennis Quaid challenge aspect where you're like, oh yeah, he's great, and then you're like, name movies he's been in, and it's like, can't do it. I can't yeah. think of. Uh, all right, so nothing on that. No, I give up on that. Yeah. All right, uh, The Martian is the most obvious. Good call on that. After that, uh, Itonia was probably his next biggest. One. Oh no. Then yeah. Lo Logan Lucky also is the. He's oh the, yeah, the driver. Yeah, uh, are the big ones. Then then it kind of gets uh, a little bit... Not that they're not big movies, but I don't even remember him in these. Black Swan, I guess he was in. 
uh, hot tub time machine and the devil all the time that that movie with Tom Holland and mm. uh, R. Pats from from last Art. year. I guess he was in, but I didn't get around to seeing it. Yeah. So yeah, he's kind of got that career outside of the MCU that's not super prolific, other than The Martian and Itonia. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, all right. Isn't it I Tanya? Isn't her name Tanya Harding? Is it Tonya Harding? Oh, yeah, I think it's Tanya. Sorry. Okay. Pronunciation. Um, question two. Uh, this 14 Emmy nominations is Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is a Northwestern grad, I always forget. So shout out to Chicago or Evanston, I guess, in that mm-hmm. case. Question three. Carl Lumbly's horror role wasn't Dr. Sleep, playing the role of Dick Halloran, the caretaker who also possesses The Shining and mentors Danny and his ability and I guess in Dr. Sleep, he's dead, so he's just kind of a ghost. Yep. Um, four name, five MCU villains. You name five MCU villains. There's a ton, but um, yeah. Josh, you said Josh Brolin, Obadiah Stain, Rona the Destroyer. Who were your other two? Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving and, and Loki, right? Hugh, Loki, yeah. I can't remember who else I said. Nice. Okay. Uh, uh, question five. I got them all though, right? Yeah, I got it. You did, yeah. I wonder if I could name all of the ones. So the Christopher Eccleston as the Dark Elf King. Oh, and Thor too. Yeah, yeah. good call. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you could name every villain in every Kate movie. Kate Blanchett as Hela. Oh, there you go. Look at him go, everyone. Still didn't get question one right. <laughs> no. All right. Um, question five. The MC villain, MCU villain that Anthony Mackie roomed with was Lee Pace, aka Ronan the Destroyer. Should be a, a funny roommate situation. I like it. Uh, question six: Two non-comic movies for Daniel Bruhl connecting MCU or extended Marvel universe actors. You said Rush with Chris Hemsworth, which is definitely one. And then you said Glorious Bastards with Michael Fassbender also works. Um, Cloverfield Paradox would have worked for. Elizabeth Debicki, who played the gold mm. leader in Guardians 1 or 2, 2. Yep. And also, I guess you could use Gugu and Batara's impending Loki appearance to connect them, but yeah, uh, that's fine. Uh, Zookeeper, Zookeeper's Wife with Jessica Chastain via the Dark Phoenix movie. And the if you're really stretching, I would have accepted the Bourne Ultimatum uh, the Bourne Ultimatum with Matt Damon for Matt Damon's appearance in Thor Ragnarok as he's in Finn. that. I'm, who's, who's in, in what? Who, who's in Bourne with Matt Damon? Daniel Bruhl is he really? plays the reporter? No, that's Patty Constant. He yeah. plays somebody in it. Oh, he plays the. He's on the cast list. I, I mean, I, I went through the cast to get, but let me uh, let me look up what his character. Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up now. Too. I thought it was the reporter, but now they Born Ultimatum that's... Martin Kreutz Kreutz. I don't Who know that character. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Um, Born reappears in Paris. Oh, he's the brother of of his uh, ex wife, the girl, the, his girlfriend that gets shot. He plays Frankie Potenti. Frankie Potenti's brother. Oh, okay. I don't remember it. What? Did, how did he they sh- interact? He, he just shows up to tell tell him what happened. And that's it. Yeah. I totally forgot he was in that. 
I, I have no recollection of it either. Comes but, in and uh, tell his tell his tell his girlfriend's brother that the girlfriend is dead. Sorry about your sister. Oh. And he's and he's and he's pissed because like you know you got my sister killed. I don't, I don't remember that scene at all. The because the ultimatum is the scene where he goes. Does the ultimatum have the scene where he goes and talks to the daughter of the two people he killed and he's bleeding? No, that's like, the second one. That's okay. Yeah, I think. Well, I have no recollection. Ultimatums. Patty Constantine is the reporter getting killed. Okay. Yeah, that that's the only scene I maybe remember from that movie. Uh, really? Oh, that's a great scene, though. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I'll have to go back and rewatch it. Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> nice. Um, question seven: The impending. 2022 fantasy show with Aaron Kellyman is indeed Willow. I don't know who else is in that. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it's uh, they're giving another shot, and it sounds like Ron Howard's coming back as a producer. I don't think he's directing it, but it will be a show. And I guess Disney Plus's first real foray at a fantasy TV show, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Um, Clay Bennett. Who played Lamar Hoskins was in fact in the Tick, the 2016 Amazon version that only lasted two seasons. I think. I think it only had a quick run, which is too bad because it seems like these sort of offbeat comic shows are now in vogue with the boys in Invincible. It seems to be like a good time to do it. So maybe they just didn't advertise well enough. I know mm-hmm. some of those Amazon shows just don't get the promotion. Shout out to Bosch that never never gets promotion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question nine. Joaquin Torres did take up the mantle of Falcon at some point, and maybe they're even setting that up with Anthony Mackie getting bumped up to yeah. Captain America. But uh, I don't know too much about that character or that storyline, but he did play Falcon at some point. Um, Ten, George St. Pierre did win welterweight and middleweight championships and retired as champion of both weight classes i guess i guess he 26 2 and 0 is well how do you get a two in mma is that a tie i think the o is the tie is the no ties right oh, okay so, so two, two two losses? losses yeah maybe but yeah i think if it's a draw like they'll, they'll just no one got knocked out and the judges say it was even you guys are both equals yeah it shows you what we know about mma fighting i'm okay with that yeah. Either way, it sounded like he had a pretty stellar MMA career. But um, what the hell happened to his character in the show? I'm trying to remember. He's fighting. He's fighting. He, uh, Sharon shoots him. Oh right, yeah. He's part of that. I think he's dead. We don't know. Is 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 uh, Carly dead? I, I yeah. felt like she was, but then then they like put her on a stretcher, and I was like, is is she not dead? <laughs> like, yeah, I think she's. She's got to be dead. We watched. Yeah, she I mean, yeah. it sounds like she's got a sweet gig lined up in Willow. So just <laughs> yeah, move on. I mean, you never know. I mean, I guess they could have revived her somehow. She's a super soldier. Who knows? Yeah, that was a pretty messy conclusion to that. One that world, one people. Yeah, I don't know. They they just didn't quite execute that storyline properly. Yeah. Uh, and then question eleven. It is indeed the Roxxon Corporation, which is said a billion times in the Miles Morales game. If you played it that kidnapped Carl Morgenthau, the male comic version of Carly Morgenthau, and turned 
him into a mindless assassin. So, uh, yeah, I guess the Roxxon Corporation gets around more than, uh, I think the only time I had encountered them was that game. So they are, they are a comic thing, I guess. Hmm. All right. That runs out your round 10 out of 11. You did not pass the Sebastian Stan challenge and that kept you from perfection. <laughs> yeah. I should have gotten that. I, Tanya, I've seen that movie a lot. Um, He's got, he just blends it. He's good, but outside of the MCU, he kind of blends in for better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That wraps up our review of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we reviewed in two parts. This is the second. We liked it, but didn't love it. It's still pretty good. And we look forward to seeing more of Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan in the future. All right, okay. bye everyone. Oh wait, well, <laughs> well, a little tease that our next episode oh, yeah. is hopefully going to be a little uh, review of Godzilla versus Kong and Mortal Kombat with Scott Burrell if, if he's free and available. Yeah, yeah, two movies that were be <laughs> accused of being written by eight-year-olds will be reviewing both of them <laughs> so. by a bunch of thirty-year-old men. Yes, exactly. Going to watch these movies. Movies that we probably would have loved as sixth graders. Um, but do we love them now? Who knows? Stay tuned and find out. I was pretty hyped for Mortal Kombat. I'll say that much. I was pretty hyped going in on it. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> review review coming. Okay. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks again for joining us. We just wanted to extend a special thanks to Andrew David for providing the music for the podcast. Feel free to check out his stuff at andrewdavidv.com.